RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, and I am joined by the usual cast of Misfits. We've got Justin Watson on the line, as well as Jeff Hobbs, Greg Hopkins, Torres, Finney, and we have got a loaded show for y'all tonight. We've got four segments. Uh, we'll get into uh, a quick little recap of uh, Primal Combat from last week. We're not going to go over uh, all of it, just more or less uh, lasting impressions. Then we'll get on the line after that with Lorenzo Hood, who is going to be joining us once again uh, at Valor 80 coming up here in a couple weeks. That's the All Pro Show. Uh, we're going to chat with him. And then uh, after that, segment three, we will uh, do a quick recap of this last week's UFC and then a uh, look ahead in segment four for uh, this week's. Uh, UFC action and get some betting picks from our panelists coming off of uh, uh, two uh, man, I guess what ended up being about three events in a week's time. Uh, Primal combat wrapping that up. Tyler Edwards show went down 11 in this past Friday night. We were all there except for Justin and uh, man, we're pretty good night of fights. We uh, got out of there at a, at a relatively decent time. Got some, uh, some good action, uh, a new, a couple new champions crowned as, um, uh, Chance Gilbride uh, takes the Bantamweight Championship in the main event from Michael Cribb with a very vicious showing. And then we got a new uh, 185 champion for Primal Combat as uh, Blake Perry comes all the way from the big island of Hawaii to uh, get a win over uh, the young upstart Robbie Burns. Uh, Torres, man, you were there uh, on the lead play-by-play call for the pay-per-view that evening. First time you've done that in a while, so uh, I'm sure that was a lot of fun. Uh, any yeah. uh, impressions from uh, this Primal Combat show? Yeah, man, uh, that was exciting. You know, meet Greg and Caleb. Uh, that was that was really fun to do with each other. And uh, not gonna lie, um, man, that was that was some really good, exciting. Uh, I mean, some great showings. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. His last name was Brown. The heavyweight fight. Yeah, Jesse Brown. Jesse that was Brown, uh, definitely man. a fun one. Yes, man. Probably easily the fight of the night one of. I mean, man, that was, that was exciting to watch. I mean, you thought he was on the ropes. Heck, I mean, the other guy could have potentially finished it. Yeah. You know, in the first round. And the way he came back and finished the fight and the way the crowd was into it, man, I mean, that was exciting. And obviously, you know, the black belt, Emilio Hernandez, I mean, man, you saw his, you know, the potential of him, you know, his first amateur fight and, <laughs> All, people already making dream matchups already. <laughs> so um, I'm excited to see him, you know, keep fighting as well. But, you know, those two guys are big and obviously my teammate Chance. I mean, you know, bright future ahead of him. So I can't wait. Jeff, uh, you caught this show uh, next to me, uh, keeping time on this one. So you got to, to take it all in. Uh, what was your impressions of uh, the second Primal Combat? Well, I just want to say congratulations to uh, Lorenzo. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, not Lorenzo, to Torres. Uh, I don't know how you keep lead commentary with Greg on the damn mic. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a feat all in its own right there, um, especially without uh, old Vince there to keep things in, in hand. So uh, props to Torres, man. It was, it was a fun night, man. Just, it's cool watching a uh, you know promotion grow and get started and you know uh, set its roots down and – uh, you know, like you said, the heavyweight fight was probably the most uh, fun uh, fight of the night, um, just because while you're while you're supposed to be there in a professional 
setting and 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 uh, position, it's hard not to root for you know a guy like that during a fight like that. So, you know, I'm supposed to be doing my job and being neutral, and and I I'm yelling, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm yelling techniques and yeah. you know and, and and trying to watch the clock and not get carried away uh, watching the fight, man. But Man, that's one of those just cool stories. Um, you know, you heard him talk a little bit about his weight loss journey and uh, just, you know, it's a cool story, man, seeing just how much uh, uh, support that guy had there and, and to be able to overcome, you know, what looked like, uh, like Torres said in that first round, uh, a fight that was, you know, soon to be over. Um, so it was, it was cool, man. Um, you know, uh, also uh, he hit on the other big uh, – Big showing of the night was Emilio Hernandez and his uh, amateur debut, um, kind of a long-weighted uh, debut. Everybody's been trying to talk him into doing MMA for so many years, and um, you know he's he's a straight-up jiu-jitsu practitioner. But he showed that uh, that's not all he's been working on in the gym over the years. Uh, very light on his feet, uh, very comfortable in the stand-up, crisp punches. So uh, you can say he didn't just decide to do MMA. Uh, you can tell he's been training a lot for this moment, uh, so it's pretty cool. You know, I, I'm one of those that, you know, immediately starts thinking about, you know, some possible matchups. But, uh, you know, I'm also looking at it from another angle that this is kind of where we screw up sometimes as fans and promoters is pushing people too soon as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and maybe that's something that, you know, they don't look at so quick. You know, I, I know they met up in the cage and we're talking about, you know, title fights already and. Uh, you know, yes, selfishly, you want to see that, but, you know, from a long-term aspect, uh, you know, maybe that's not something that, uh, that you jump into right away and kind of build up to it more, uh, make it even more hype when it does come around. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head there, man. I think I see it happen all the time, you know, and things look really good at the moment and they very likely will uh, work out good, but sometimes it's better to, to kind of let those things simmer and build to where you've got a, a, a little bit more of a crescendo than, uh, than, than uh, giving it to everybody just, just right off the rip. So yeah, I could definitely agree. That may be one that could be uh, built to uh, a little bit uh, more as we, as we get down the road, Greg, uh, I'll wrap it up with you before we uh, jump on the line with Lorenzo. This is your second primal combat as well. You called the action on both uh, takeaways from it. Yeah, I, uh, I had a great time there uh, running with Torres and Caleb right there. Man, I had a good time. Uh, I guess my most, you know, the standout of the night, you mentioned it earlier, Tim, with Chance Gilbride right over Michael Cribb. And uh, Chance came in last time and told Michael, you know, I'm glad you're keeping that belt warm for me. I'll be coming to get it. And uh, and that face-off there at the end, uh, right there with Emilio, was it? Emilio Hernandez? Yeah. Uh-huh. That was mm-hmm. awesome. Like, but like Jeff said, man, uh, can't help but agree, man. That, it, you want to know. You know, you you need to get some experience in the MMA cage. You you got some jujitsu, but you need to you need to start banging it banging it out a little bit before you uh, decide to step in there for some colors. Chance uh, Chance has got the jujitsu too, and he's got he's got hands. So I, I would like to see Camila get a couple more fights before he does fight Chance. So we'll uh, keep our uh, keep our ears peeled for the next primal combat. I'm not exactly sure. I I, I saw that Tyler posted about July 3rd, but I think there may be. Uh, a bit of uh, a bit of uh, hurdle there with his venue, so I I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that ends up getting uh, that date ends up getting changed. But we'll keep everybody posted. All right, on the line we have got one of the top heavyweight prospects in the country, Lorenzo Hood. He'll be joining us for Valor eighty here in just a couple short weeks as he uh, he makes his second trip down here to Tennessee. Lorenzo, what's going on? 
Man, what's going on, y'all? Hey, man, we're uh, we're, we're excited to talk to you. We've got, uh, you know, uh, like I said, your second trip down here in just a couple weeks, and you're going to be, you know, looking to to make a statement. You're a guy that uh, really close to getting that call up to the UFC, Bellator, one of those big shows. Uh, Talk a little bit about it, man. You know, I know you've been trying to stay active. You've been doing bare knuckle boxing uh, as well, but, uh, you know, kind of really pushing forward uh, now with that, that, uh, that last hard push to get that call up. Yeah, man, you know, um, honestly, man, we're like, uh, you know, we're super close, man. You know, I got, you know, you know a lot closer than, uh, you know, it's right there, man. So, um, you know, it's obviously, I'm just blessed to be doing what I love to do, you know. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, it's all about just going out there and I feel like every time bringing something different, you know. Obviously, um, you know, for me, it's just about being different than everybody else. I mean, I finished... Every opponent I've ever fought, you know, I have a knockout in every which way you can be. Elbows, slams, knees, kicks, punches. I mean, um, so, you know, it's just about, I, for me, it's just about being exciting, man. Like, I'm doing what I love to do, so I feel like uh, every day you get to go to work. You know, for me, it's, it's my job, you know, to go out there, and it's my job to give the fans a, a nice show, man, and, and give them something that they can go home and talk about. So, you know, you're obviously an imposing figure, uh, you know, Big dude, uh, muscled up, just not not a, not a guy that guys are lining up to fight. So it's been a little bit difficult to get guys willing to jump in there with you. How frustrating is that? As you know, you're trying to stay active, you're trying to stay busy, trying to trying to make it to the UFC, and then you know guys are uh, are turning you down left and right because uh, you know they've kind of got that same goal. Yeah, man. You know, it's extremely tough. I, was, well, I had an opponent, uh, even uh, I think he was. Nine and two lined up for March twentieth, um, and uh, you know obviously he said yes, and then it comes time to sign a contract, and you know all of a sudden his fingernail broke or something like that. So uh, you know he backed he backed out of that fight last second, and you know it's extremely hard. But like for me, man, um, yeah, like you know knowing that, that the UFC is right there, and uh, you know that's obviously the goal for me. And right now it's just like I'll fight. We gotta fight anybody who says yes. You know, because my job is to stay active, to to win. You know, and whether you're fighting a guy who's 100 and 0 or a guy who's you know 0 and 100, like uh, everybody presents their own dangers. You know, and it's a fight. You know, anything can happen in a fight, as we all know that. So for me, it's like I got to go out there and I treat everybody as the most dangerous man I've ever fought, and, and you know, I give them all that respect. And uh, you know, my goal is to go out there and touch him and put him to sleep. You know. You know, as a a heavyweight, uh, there's there's guys be a little bit of uh, extra uh, I don't want to say pressure but uh, but at the same time just uh, it's got to be in the back of your mind that you need to win these fights impressively you know going out there and grinding out a decision is a win but at the same time there's nothing that really separates you from uh, the pack like those big knockouts yeah I mean that's uh, definitely something that's always I mean so for me my whole career throughout amateurs pro pro kickboxing pro boxing bare knuckle you know I've always known um, that I, if I touch somebody you know, and then if I connected that, that I had the potential to put them to sleep. Um, early in my career, that's, you know, I would really try for that, and then it created bad habits, and it made for, like, a lot of bad things. And now, it's just, you know, like, I don't mind throwing a one-two, a light jab, you know, throwing things. Like, I'll add up punches because I know one of those punches or one of those kicks, they're going to hit that spot, and, and it's going to put them to sleep, you know. So I feel um, there's a little bit of added pressure, but I like that pressure, man. Like, for me, it's like, like, I'm going to try, and I'm going to say it now, you know, I don't care if he hears this, like, I'm going to try to hit something off of the cage, I'm going to try a wheel kick, I'm going to try a top of weather kick in this fight, you know, I'm going to be throwing shit in this next fight that, um, 
you know, that I want to be on highlight reels. I want ESPN to pick up this one. So a tornado kick is in the making, man, you know. So, you know, when they see a 255-pound dude flying through the air throwing a tornado kick, if I land that, it's going to be something that I think is going to be special. Yeah, I didn't want to spoil the surprise, you know, but you more or less just did. You know, you've been telling me you've got got some tricks up your sleeve for this one, some uh, some special uh, plans for, uh, you know, just some highlight reel type uh, action. So I'm, I'm really excited to see you go for for one of those high risk moves that, uh, you know, you're right. If you, if you hit one of those things, then, you know, that's the kind of uh, kind of stuff that goes viral. And then uh, you start getting uh, that recognition you want. Uh, Jeff Hobbs, my man, is, uh, my, he, you know, he was the announcer for your last fight. He's, he's been there uh, for your first Valor fight. I'll be there for this next one. Uh, Jeb, what you got for, for my man Lorenzo? Lorenzo, man, what's your record, bro? Uh, 14 and 4, brother. No, Lorenzo, come on now. What's your real record? What's your record on the streets, bro? <laughs> what's your record on the streets, my man? Man, I had a lot of fights, man. I, I know you keep fights. up with them. Uh, All right, tell, tell me tell me this. Who's the last person to whoop your ass? Was it mom's? Who was it? <laughs> uh, my, old, my older brother my The older brother? He's the last one It's been a while though, ain't it? Yeah, it's been a while Hey, look, man Seriously, though I, You know, I've kind of been on uh, From a management side of this deal I, I know where you're at right now um, You know, I've had fight, a couple of fighters in the past That were getting those You know, Sean Shelby emails That just kept saying uh, Hold tight, hold tight It's almost there um, it's all about timing. We're going to get you, but it's just about timing. And it can be frustrating. How is it that you're dealing with that, man? How do you keep focused, um, getting those emails and just knowing that, you know, your call's going to come. It may not come the way you want. It may come in the form of somebody dropped out, short notice, but you just don't know. You're not given a time frame. How do you, how do you block that out? Because I, like I said, I've, I've worked with fighters before that have really been able to block it out. Then I've, you know, worked with some that, you know, they just could not wrap their head around and focus that weight, just waiting. Uh, how do you stay focused at the task at hand? Man, you know, for me, man, um, honestly, um, I was kind of raised and, and born and my whole life has kind of been, I feel like, uh, I was like just kind of forged in fire, man, you know? So for me, um, the goal for me every day is to get up and to be active, man. So, like, I know where we're at with the UFC. You know, I know where we're at. I can't really say too much, but I, I know where we're at, you know? So, um, even even if I didn't, like, so let's just say, like, uh, this fight, April comes out, you know, we knock this fool out, and they hit us up and say, hey, listen, you know, uh, you need another one or you need two more. Or just hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, I'm not, I'm just going to keep fighting, bro. May, you know, June, July, August. And because um, I got into this sport, I came back into this sport off of the couch because I wanted to, to leave my mark. I wanted to leave my legacy. Um you know, so when I got back in it, and I was like, okay, I want to go to UFC. I want to fight the best in the world. Um, you got to get active. You know, that's number one. And um, so for me, man, really all it is is just focusing my mindset. Like, I know where I want to be. I know where I need to be. Uh, I have a lot of people that have invested, you know, their time and, 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 and you know, um, get their knowledge, everything with me. So, like, I owe it to all of them to stay as focused and be ready at all times. Um, you know, that's my job. Well, obviously, they don't just grow people like you on trees, man. You just don't wake up one morning and go, shit, I'm this big, man. Um, what's your what's your athletic background? I mean, what sports before this did you play, uh, you know, coming up, you know, wrestling, yeah. football? You know, what did you do growing up? 
Yeah, so I was um, a rugby and a football player. Um, ended up playing pro ball, pro football. Um, but I played rugby all the way up until uh, my junior year of high school, I want to say. You know, I was a huge rugby player. Um, uh, you know, rugby, man, that's some of the toughest things you'll ever do. So you, you, I feel like if you can survive rugby, man, you can survive anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, that just gets pretty brutal, especially in those scrums. But, um, yeah, man, you know, it was always a, a ball player. I was actually way heavier, man, and I used to, to make the cut from 295, 300 pounds to make 265. And, um, honestly, man, I didn't, uh, my gas tank at making it was never really where I wanted it to be. So, when I kind of reinvented myself and came back into the sport and, you know, dedicated, you know, my life, everything to this, you know, I was just kind of, you know, like experimenting where I wanted to be weight wise. And then between 250 and 255, I, you know, I can go, you know, 10, 12 hard sparring rounds, you know, in, in the gym where it's like, you know, where we're going crazy, where I got a new body every couple minutes. And, you know, I feel like my gas tank now is, is, man, I'm in like another world compared to where I was. And, you know, even when I train with other, like, high-level pro heavyweights, um, you know, they get tired, and I'm still just pushing forward, man, you know, so it's kind of like, uh, I feel like I found that sweet spot now, and, you know, I eat, when I was playing football, you know, super heavy, and, you know, but that's a short amount of time, it's a small burst, you know, and then it's a rest, it's a, you know, in fighting, you know, at the heavyweight division, you know, you kind of get that similarity to football, where it's a small burst, and then you have some, like, waiting around, so for me, it's like, no, 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 I want to just continue that, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to have my foot on the gas, you know, for 25 minutes or 15 minutes nonstop. And, uh, you know, I want to tire you out. And, you know, and you're going to get tired because I'm going to hit you, I'm going to hurt you, and just keep going with it. Well, when you're not watching MMA and you're not watching what's going on in this sport, what teams do you watch? Who who are your teams, man? Who do you, who do you support? Who do you watch on TV? Oh, man, huge Baltimore Ravens fan. Um, All right, well, this interview's yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, Hobbs, Hobbs is a big Titans fan. Let's wrap this shit up. Okay. <laughs> I see you on the second, Lorenzo. <laughs> um, yeah, man, huge Ravens fan. Um, man, things I've watched, man, honestly, like I watch shit like, like, like I watch like Bigfoot, Finding Bigfoot. Like I watch like some Ghost Hunters type stuff. You know, I I, I really don't even get to watch TV. Um, you know, I'm usually. Well, that's funny because like, we had some people. Uh, Call in finding Bigfoot after they saw you the last time. <laughs> we had some people. Re- we had some reports come in. It's pretty funny, man. Um, I've actually, after that fight, man, I have like a pretty decent following in Tennessee now from yeah. people on my social medias and and uh, all over. Man, I was like, I was like, wow, you know, I was like pretty excited. And then as soon as I made that uh, post, everybody messaging me like, oh, can't wait to see you, man. We're coming down. Blah blah blah. You know, bringing the family. I'm like, oh, wow, like. You know, it's pretty cool, man. You know, you didn't, uh, you know, you go to places, you know, for me, man, like, even though, like, yeah, I mean, like, if, you, if I didn't say anything, people look at me and they're like, yo, that's a pretty imposing dude. You know, uh, I'm, I respect everybody, man. I, I'm a humble dude. You know, I work hard as hell. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, like, you know, I tell people, like, hey, I'm going to knock you out. It's not being cocky. I'm just being serious. Like, you know, <laughs> no hard feelings. You know, for me, it's like, I'm just being honest. Like, this is what I work to do. And, be ready, but you know, most people that I tell you be like, yo, Lorenzo's a super nice dude, he's uh, you know, just super chill. I'll tell you what, though, I do need some 3XL gloves, man, because the gloves you guys had last time, that, that <laughs> bullshit was so small at 2XL, my hands were falling asleep. 
Well, I know the promoter, man. I, I'll talk to him for you, bro. Yeah, hey, if you see that guy, let him know. I'm gonna let him know. Hey, man. Well, hey, I'm another one that looks forward to seeing you on April second. So uh, I'm gonna try to wear something loose and not make you look too bad in the cage after I talk to you, bro. But I appreciate it, man. Last time you looked too good, man. I was like, damn, you know. <laughs> well, man, I, I I would agree, man. Lorenzo, a lot of people excited to have you back down here. I know uh, when we announced you were going to be fighting, a lot of people were excited. So you definitely have, uh, you know, upped your fan base down here in Tennessee. A lot of people excited to see you back down here, myself included. And, you know, honestly, uh, a lot of these uh, heavyweights that, uh, you know, that they, they, they talk the talk that whenever it, uh, it comes time to uh, – to, to sign on the dotted line with, with you on the other side, then uh, things get real quiet, man. So uh, we'll uh, hopefully we, uh, ship you on off to the big show sooner than later so we don't keep uh, having the ducking and dodging. Uh, before, yeah. before, we let, before we let you go, uh, I want to let you get some shout-outs where they're due. If you've got any uh, friends, family, training partners, sponsors, uh, you know, the like that uh, you want to give some love to, I'll let you do that. Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, first of all, let me say a big shout-out to Ballard, man. Like, you guys – you guys do it right, and uh, I honestly can say you guys are one of the few promotions, promoters, you know, from, from the owner down to everybody that uh, actually does it right, man. Keep their word. You know, you guys, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a really cool thing to have people that you actually trust in this business because most of the time, you know, it's everybody shocking everybody. Um, so that's pretty cool, you know, so I want to say thank you to you guys. Big shout-out to uh, my coaches, Paul Reinhardt, Roberto Ramirez, um, my training partners down at Chicago Fight Team. Alex, Hector, Gabe, uh, Bilal, Mohammed, Lewis, Taylor, Horacio, Max. Uh, I'm probably forgetting a bunch of people too, but you know, big shout out to all of them. Shout out to all of my sponsors. I have, I've definitely up my sponsorship now that I think everybody knows. Like I'm almost there. It's crazy, right? I feel like I should just up the charge on that now. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm just blessed, man. Like I'm truly blessed to be here. Um, excited, you know. I think 15 days. I wish I could just sleep them away so I can get ready to beat this dude up. Um, but yeah, man, uh, you know, thank you to everybody. Just, uh, all my friends, I mean, you can find me on the real dream killer on Instagram, Lorenzo Hood on Facebook. I think I'm at friends max capacity, but, uh, I usually try to do a live interview once a week. If they got any questions, just hit me up on messenger and I, I'm always free to uh, answer them. Once again, this has been Lorenzo, the Dream Killer Hood. You can see him back in the Valor Cage coming up on April the 2nd for VFC 80. If you're coming uh, live in person, make sure you go to fighterticksforthenext.com, select Lorenzo's name uh, so he gets credit, or you can catch it on pay-per-view at uh, the VFCMMA.com website. Looking forward to it, Lorenzo. Thanks so much for the time. We'll see you here in just two weeks. All right, man. I'll see you guys soon, bro. All right, that was Lorenzo Hood getting ready to return to the Valor Cage here at VFC 80. And, uh, man, this guy's something else. He's, uh, he, he's like I said, he's a very physical, imposing figure that is uh, kind of scary to look at. But when you talk to the guy, he's super chill and, and has got a good reputation in the back uh, in the locker rooms for being just, uh, you know, just sweetheart, more or less. So uh, looking forward to, to getting him back. Uh, Torres, my man, you're, uh, you're a guy that uh, dabbles around at, on the verges of a heavyweight, light heavyweight. I'm sure you've watched Lorenzo out there. What's your impression? Man, when I seen his first fight, <laughs> boy. That man, hey, he's a he's a big hey, he's a big brother, man. I seen when he talked about his background, rugby and football. I mean, who would want to play that guy in rugby? Like yeah. goodness, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I see the background of him. I mean, yeah, he's a he's a big guy. I wanted to ask him how much he benched, you know. Yeah. Wanted to see if he was up there with me, you know. Yeah, I right. <laughs> I, do. I do. I know he is. But uh, but yeah, man, Lorenzo Hood, he's gonna be—he's a phenomenal guy coming out. I mean, 
32 years young. I mean, he's still got a lot of uh, a big-time future ahead in front of him, man. I can't wait to see him fight on April 2nd. Shit, I'm online right now trying to find some gloves so Tim don't get his ass whooped. Oh, I know, man. I'll completely forget about that shit. We don't even have to make uh, Greg, before we wrap up this segment, you uh, you called Lorenzo's uh, first fight. Uh, no, you didn't actually. No, you were you were yeah. you were fighting. You were fighting that night. This will be your first yeah. time uh, co- covering Lorenzo from the commentary booth. Is he a guy you've uh, you've uh, had your eyes on here coming into this one? I'm I'm excited to see him fight. I really enjoyed listening to him talk. Complete professional. I I remember the uh, highlight reel, and uh, all I remember was him like huffing and puffing. It sounded straight up like he was pounding somebody out, like and literally, and then just come up. And I didn't get to see it because I was back there getting warmed up because the COVID restrictions. We couldn't come out, and you know what I'm saying. So, like I wanted to watch him because he is a spectacle. Like he said, he weighed what two two ninety, and we uh, cut about- down. And- yeah, yeah, but he came in at like 55. I, I don't think that he's really having to cut a whole, whole lot. No, now. no, no, not now, but just, I mean. Yeah. I, I, right, I, from I, the beginning. Knowing how, how big he is now, I couldn't imagine seeing him at 290 and how big he was, like, in, in making that decision to make the cut to 265. I want to see how big he was in his first fight at 265 just to see the difference. I would like to see the side-by-side. Uh, but, yeah, super excited to see him. And uh, I, I'm really excited now to see these uh, off the cage, uh, spectacular. He's trying to get this uh, UFC contract going. And if he, if he gets it, you know, I'll, I get to be a part of it. So it's awesome. <laughs> well, we're excited to see him in the cage coming up here in a couple weeks. And with that, let's turn our attention to um, our UFC talk for the week. Of course, we had UFC Vegas 21 this past weekend. We are going to wrap up now. Um, not a star-studded card. There were some uh, events that happened, though, that certainly were a little bit different than uh, than what we expected. We, we had some really fast one, uh, walk-off knockouts. We had uh, a couple uh, stoppages due to illegal, uh, illegal techniques, if you will. Um, <laughs> The main event, of course, uh, Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad was deemed a no contest at 18 seconds of round two after an illegal eye poke by Leon Edwards. The, like an extreme eye poke, though. Like, this is nasty. Uh, I've seen kind of the pictures of the stills where they they caught the moment it happened. It was like a like a hook almost into his into his lower eyelid. And man, I've not seen a man. Uh, you know, kind of writhe around in so much pain as Bilal Muhammad did afterward. I mean, the man was literally in tears. And I started thinking, like, man, I bet he can't see. I bet he's freaking out and he's scared because he can't see out of that freaking eye right now. And maybe he's gone blind, but apparently he started to get his vision back, which is uh, definitely, definitely good to hear. Tough loss for uh, Leon Edwards, though, because he had kind of been um, promised a title fight with a win there. So uh, who knows kind of where that goes. Misha Serkinoff, Ryan Spann. It was Ryan Spann with a big knockout uh, about a minute into the first round, which cashed my one play for you guys last week. That was the under one and a half in this fight. That was my only play for last week, and that cashes. Dan Ige with a uh, walk-off knockout, 22 seconds in over Gavin Tucker. David Grant uh, upsets Jonathan Martinez with a knockout in round two after Martinez looking pretty good in round one. That was that sunk most of my parlays. Uh, we got a very uh, contentious split decision win for uh, Matus uh, Nicolau, who, um, who beat Manel Cap. A lot of people thought Cap did enough to win that fight, but uh, the judges gave it to Nicolau. Eric Anders, Darren Stewart, also a no contest. Right, We had a, a replay, more or less, of the Peter Yan Aljamain Sterling situation as it was a, a no contest due to an illegal knee. 
uh, in the first round. Eric Anders, uh, uh, the uh, the culprit here. And uh, that was really surprising after how much play we got just a week before with Jan and uh, Sterling. Uh, for that to happen, I thought it was definitely uh, odd. You know, uh, Angel Hill uh, defeats Ashley Yoder by unanimous decision, dominant performance. Uh, Charles Jordan uh, gets the uh, win over Marcelo Rojo in the third round. And that was a really good fight. Rojo uh, really gave a nice accounting for himself there um, for his debut. Ronnie Yaya submits uh, Ray Rodriguez with an arm triangle in the second round. It was Nazara Hawkpress with unanimous decision over Hafa Garcia. Uh, J.J. Aldrich defeats Courtney Casey in another very close split decision that a lot of people thought uh, was should have gone the way of Courtney Casey due to uh, her advantages in the striking. Uh, let's see, Jin Frey with a uh, unanimous decision win over Gloria DePaula, and then our other walk-off knockout, Matthew Simmelsberger, uh, with a 16-second KO over Jason Witt. Um, we're going to quickly go around the horn here. We'll get our biggest winner and loser from each of our panelists, and we'll wrap this one up before we go into our final segment. We'll start off with Greg. Greg Hopkins, uh, biggest winner, biggest loser from UFC Vegas 21. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. sweet. I got two biggest winners. I like Ryan Spann and both Dan Ige right there, man. Just absolute dominant performances. And uh, Ige over Gavin Tucker, that, that knockout was, I mean, shit. Uh, wow. Uh, and Serkinov, uh, you know, Ryan Spann beating Serkinov like that. Just, uh, two, two biggest winners. Uh, biggest losers of the night. Uh, I'm sorry I had my biggest loser. was going to have to be uh, – Probably Jason Witt, and then uh, the uh, you know Leon Edwards. Really, I mean, because I want this guy going to get to fight again now, and you know, I just I don't know. Those are my two biggest lo- uh, losers of the night. Justin, um, yeah, biggest loser. I would have to go with Leon Edwards. Um, you know, it's been so long since he's been in there, and then to come back and this happen uh, so so quick, uh, and then Gavin Tucker uh, as well. Um, biggest winner, um, I'd probably go with Davey Grant. Jonathan Martinez is, you know, a pretty good rising prospect. Um, and Davey Grant getting a uh, second KO in a row. That'll probably move him up close to the top 15. I'll probably get a big fight from here. All right. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Hobbs. Uh, my uh, biggest loser for the night is, uh, you know, very good friend of mine, Courtney Casey. Courtney Casey. Um, you know, four of her last seven bouts have gone a split decision, uh, which is unheard of. And it just seems like she's always on the wrong end of one. Um, so, you know, I hate it for her. It, I always feel like uh, she's done enough in the stand-up to, uh, to get that nod. But for some reason, uh, you know, she hasn't. So I just personally, I hate that for her. Biggest winner for the night, definitely the fine folks at FanDuel uh, for getting <laughs> my damn money once again. Um and leaving me broke at the end of the night. Thank you, Martinez. Yeah, Martinez really, really shit the bed for a lot of us there. Uh, Torres, wrap us up here. Uh, yeah, my, my biggest winner, uh, I'm going to go with Dan Ige. Um, I mean, out of his last eight fights, he's he's seven and eight. I mean, we all remember he lost uh, that decision to Calvin Cater, but, mm. I mean, that's not necessarily a, overall a bad loss. It's still pissing right back in the contention. The way he handled it, I mean, a knockout in 22 seconds, how can you not be thrown right back in the featherweight title contention? Um, but yeah, I think he, he had made a big showing, uh, on his card and yeah, I mean, we all said it the same Leon Edwards, man. I mean, uh, you know, you ain't fought in a hundred and what, 60 days, something like yeah. that. 600 days, 600 days. Take that back. Yeah. 600 days. That's right. Yeah. You ain't fought in 600 days and 
You know, he, he had a good showing. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. He had a good showing. But I mean, now I got a question. Now, what are your thoughts on like if somebody get poked in the eye one time and referee says, "All right," I mean, obviously it was unintentional, yeah. but that's just like that's like fouls and like flags in football. I mean, nobody means the hole sometimes, but you still right. get the flag thrown on you. I mean, that's the same thing. And you know, I would think in fighting. I mean, you don't mean to poke somebody in the eye sometimes, but that's the foul. Like you should be penalized for it in some way. I would think. But, um, yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. It's, uh, it, it's not a perfect answer, I don't think, because it's just these things happen. Uh, so these things happen so quickly. And then, of course, if they haven't had enough time in the fight, go on. You know, if you're not halfway through, typically they're going to call it a no contest before they go to the, the cards. But, yeah, man, I, I really don't have a perfect answer for that. But I definitely think that's something that should be, you know, looked into. I, I, I wish I had a better uh, solution, but it, it's a tough one, man. It's one of the, the hardest uh, parts of uh, the MMA game is uh, when it comes to just the rules and the way that they, they go about, uh, you know, judging the winners of these things when you have a, an illegal technique thrown. So, yeah, that, that's definitely a tough one. Had had Bilal been able to fight, it would have been a two-point deduction because it was intentional. It wouldn't have been just a straight – he had already been warned one time. It was yeah, kind of yeah. it was kind of weird that it wasn't a DQ because he had already been warned one time, um, but if if he would have been able to continue, it would have been two points instead of one. Now, tell, somebody tell me the difference between Eric Anders uh, getting a no contest for his illegal knee versus uh, Peter Yan getting disqualified for his illegal knee. I don't think that there's any contest uh, or anybody contesting that Eric Anders was not intentional. You know that it was still intentional, whether whether uh, it was malicious or not, uh, it was still an illegal blow, and and he and he certainly meant to throw it. I yeah, think it's so, just happened in the first okay. round. That's why I believe. You know, only, that's the only thing I can see is the reason why they call it a no contest. But I agree. I mean, yeah. But the yeah. roundage wouldn't have mattered because yeah, they the, didn't go to the judges' scorecards to determine that winner in the uh, right. in the uh, Peter Young fight. Sterling, yeah. yeah. No, that's right. That's true. So, I don't know. I mean, that's just all discretion of of the referee. Peter Yawn, you know, was told right before he threw the knee, he's a downed opponent, and then he threw the knee. That wasn't the case with Eric Anders. He was up against the cage trying to work his way up. And, you know, it, it does happen where, I mean, you know, the guy there's a, there's a half a second between being on your knee and being up when you're working your way up. So, I, you know, he definitely meant to throw the knee. I don't necessarily know that he knew that he was on the ground. He kind of threw his hands up like, oh, shit, did I just do that afterwards, you know? Uh, but it would have been the same thing. I think it would have been two points had he been able to continue. But since he couldn't continue, it was a – it was, that's up, up to the referee, though. Ah, uh, so the problem is Jan didn't sell it well enough. That's all we got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on, guys. Uh, let's look ahead here for this final segment. Uh, of course, uh, for your betting odds here, if you are Tennessee uh, players, you need to go to Action 24-7. If you uh, go to the Action 24-7, download the app, and uh, you can use the – uh, promo code Valor100, and they will match your initial deposit up to 100 bucks. So you can play along with us. And, uh, you know, word around the campfire is by April 2nd, you should be able to uh, play your uh, professional bouts on the Valor card also on Action 24-7. So we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. But uh, for now, uh, the UFC is on the Action 24-7 app this weekend. You can bet on it. Again, use Valor100 as your promo code when you sign up. You're going to get a 100% match bonus. 
Cornice. Again, uh, that is the uh, Action 24-7. They're the only locally owned and operated uh, sports book in Tennessee. So I want to give them some support. Looking ahead at UFC Vegas 22 now and uh this one uh, a little bit i mean yeah it's still very much a a fight night card it's a uh, not a not exactly star-studded but in my opinion a little bit juicier than last week's uh of course the main event on this one is going to be Derek brunson taking on kevin holland kevin holland very um very active last year you know he, he was kind of like the the covid king man he was he was taking all kinds of fights and and running through guys and so now he gets a main event spot against Derek Brunson, who, another guy that's kind of been, you know, kind of treading water towards uh, the top of the division, but hasn't been able to break through with just like that signature performance to kind of put him to the top. So uh, the the odds uh, on this one are more or less a pick em. Uh Derek Brunson is a oh so slight favorite about minus 120, but Holland is a negligible underdog, pretty much, uh, pretty much a pick em. Uh Torres, your thoughts on this uh, main event? Any lean? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, this is exciting to see. I mean, we saw what Derek Bronson did to the last up and comer, you know, uh, hot guy on the seat, um, you know, with uh, Edmund Shabazian and, uh, he put him away. And, um, I think, I think Kevin Holland, I mean, he has a lot more confidence. Um, I like his striking. He's versatile. Um, I mean, you just look at all his losses. They either, he has two submission and three by decision and, um, Kevin Holland, I mean, this man's the truth. I, I I'm buying into his hype. Not gonna lie, I think he is the the up and coming top guy in a middleweight division. Um, you know, Israel laughed at uh on his last interview. He laughed when you know guys like Marvin Vittori or Kevin Holland was like being next in line for the middleweight title shot. But I don't think it's far fetched at all. I mean, Kevin Holland's win this, and potentially whatever happens between Whitaker and Gaslam. I mean, I can see Holland name being thrown right there for a number one contender fight. So. Um, yeah, I think he's right there. I think he, he gets the win against Bronson. That'll be a big one for Kevin Holland. I think it'll put him right up there into that, uh, you know, the conversation for a real big fight after that. So, uh, I like that play as well. Co-main event. Uh, this one's pretty interesting. Gregor Gillespie, uh, the, takes on Brad Riddell. Both these guys with only one loss between them. Uh, Gillespie's first ever loss. Um, now, uh, he's coming off the heels of that. He was 13 and 0 at the time, gets knocked out by, uh, Kevin Lee. Um, and he'll be taking on uh, another striker in Brad Riddell from that city kickboxing camp. A lot of people uh, real high on Brad Riddell, who uh, now uh, is on a six-fight winning streak. Last time out with the win over Alex Da Silva. Uh, but uh, this is, in my opinion, a pretty big step up uh, in competition against Gregor Gillespie and that wrestling. It is a uh, slight favorite. It, the Gregor Gillespie is the slight favorite, minus 150 here. Red, Riddell coming back at plus 130. Justin, you're on Riddell. Yeah, man. Uh, I think, you know, Brad Riddell, is, if he can keep this fight standing, it's it, it'll be a wash. I think he's, um, you know, leagues above Gillespie. Um I think that he's going to be prepared for the takedowns, but Gregor Gillespie, Gregor Gillespie is going to be relentless. You know, if he's going to if he if he doesn't get the first twelve, he's going to do another twelve. So, um, I think it's going to be a tough fight. Two two you know guys that are you know highly highly talked of. Um, Gregor hasn't been in the cage in a long time though. It's, I think it was 2019 when he got uh, head kicked. Um, so it's been a little while. Brad's been in there more recently. Um, and there's a lot, lot goes into this uh, coming over here for these cards for these um, New Zealand guys. You know, they're 
they're taking months away from their families because of the quarantine situation and stuff. So uh, Brad Riddell's going to be ready, and uh, I like him as the underdog in this one. I'm going to go the other way here. I actually really like uh, Gregor Gillespie here. Even given the minus 150, I think that he's a pretty big step up in competition from anything that Brad Riddell has seen, especially from the wrestling aspect. Riddell just hasn't fought a wrestler on this level yet, so I think he's jumping into the deep end uh, matchup-wise. Now, that said, the two-year layoff for... um, uh, for Gillespie is certainly uh, something that needs to be taken into consideration, you know, and coming off his first ever loss. That gives me a little bit of pause, but I actually really do like Gregor Gillespie here by decision uh, over Brad Riddell at minus 150. Um, the feature bout, now this one just came up today. Um, this one, uh, they I don't even know that we've got odds on it yet. Last I checked, we did not. Uh, but it was originally said to be tied to Ivasa, Dontel Mays, heavyweight fight. Dontel Mays not medically cleared to compete uh, on this card. And so in steps, the late replacement, a guy that we know from this uh, neck of the woods, Harry Hunsucker uh, from Kentucky. Uh, and he is going to be stepping in to face Tai Tuivasa here. Uh, again, I don't have the uh, the odds on this one, unfortunately, but I'm assuming Tuivasa is going to be the favorite. Uh, Jeff Hobbs, your take on this one? Yeah, I don't know what the odds are, but I know what I'm taking. Uh, <laughs> so whatever that uh, uh, sucker lost by KO or TKO, uh, I will be adding that to every parlay that uh, that I play this weekend. Um, that no offense, Mr. Hunsucker, but I just don't know. Uh, that is a tall order, uh, to come in here, uh, last minute. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have a lot of plays on this card, you know, some really kind of cheesy ones. I'm, I'm, you know, going to take Holland and Brunson to go over two and a half rounds. Uh, probably going to have Chassane and Moreau, uh, Renault go in the distance, but I, I'll add, a. um, a hunt sucker losing by TKO to, to every parlay. Yeah, I don't dislike that play either. Uh, you know, of course, Tuivasa coming off of a, uh, a knockout win over Stefan Struve last time out. And, you know, the book on him typically is, you know, he's not going to really be able to uh, to survive against your top-level grapplers and wrestlers because Tuivasa is more, you know, more of a hitter, uh, you know, coming from that uh, – the region, the oceanic region that he comes from in Australia. But, uh, you know, it seemed like the last time out against Struve, he had kind of uh, improved on his uh, his takedown defense and that kind of thing. And I, I believe that Hunsucker will likely try to brawl and bang with him, and that will likely be his undoing, I think, here. I do like that play, whatever the odds may be on uh, Tuivasa getting that finish by knockout. Uh, moving on down uh, the line here, Adrian Yanez minus 240 over Gustavo Lopez coming back at plus 200. And then also on the main card, we've got uh, uh, Cheyenne Bays minus 250 over late replacement Montserrat Ruiz plus 200. And uh, also uh, Greg likes to play here on uh, the, the next fight here, Max Griffin minus 125 taking on Song Kanan, the Chinaman at plus 105. Greg, what's your lean? Uh, well, originally, I know this uh, jumped out at minus, like, I think it was 190 or 165 for Max Griffin. And uh, I didn't like Max Griffin at those odds because I really thought it should be a pick. I mean, you're saying it's now at 120, minus 120 and minus 105 mm-hmm. uh, for song. Uh, well, I was just looking up some stuff on these guys. Uh, Matt Griffin, uh, Max Griffin is uh, two and three in his last five. Um, he's ranked number 52 in the world. Uh, song is uh, four and one in his last five. But, uh, and he's number 53. They're right next to each other. This should have been an even pick and fight. 
and I wasn't going to bet on it if he was any if it wasn't close to it. But now that it is, I'm not going to say that's my lock of the night or nothing. But I mean, Max Griffin, that's probably your best odds right there to get in the win because Song has three losses here in the UFC right now. Um, I really don't. I mean, I'm not. I just think that these uh, most of these Asian uh, Korean guys that are coming in here. They uh their their main discipline is uh is, is usually like stand up just stand up but we know that Song's got a ground game too he's got six submission wins you know against uh, Max Griffin's got two submission wins both of them's got eight knockout wins apiece uh, however I don't see this one going getting finished by either guy I can see Max Griffin just kind of like just just punching punching like literally just throwing more volume just a little bit more volume and that's it they both got the uh, both got a, they share a loss. Against Moreno, and I kind of watched both of those fights, but uh, I just see Max Griffin putting more output here, and he can get the you know the win by decision. I'm taking Max Griffin by decision. Moving on down the card here, the other car, uh, fight on the main card. Um, let's see. Well, no, this starts the uh, this starts the undercard here, I suppose. That is a Macy Chase on uh, minus two twenty five against Marion Renault, the elder stateswoman, if you will, uh, in the UFC, forty three years young and hasn't fought in um, or hasn't won anyway in about three years. So I do like Macy Chase on to just kind of be the more physical fighter there at minus two twenty five. Um, also, uh, as we go to the undercard, we've got the husband of Cheyenne Bays, JP Bays, minus 170 against Bruno Silva coming back at plus 145. I actually like a Bays husband and wife uh, uh, parlay for the sweep here, potentially. Julia Avila, minus 300 over Julia Stolyarenko, plus 250. Plus Montel Jackson, minus 500 over late replacement Jesse Strader, plus 385. And then the other two bouts on the prelims, we've got Roman DeLeeds, minus 150 over Trevin Giles, plus 130. I actually do like a play on Roman DeLeeds here, minus 150. More a, a fade on Trevin Giles than anything. Haven't really been that high on Trevin Giles, and I think DeLeeds should be able to kind of stifle him with his grappling game. And our final, um, the final uh, uh, bout on the prelims here, we'll go to Justin for a play. It's Grant Dawson, minus 185, coming out of that glory, uh, that glory MMA camp there in uh, Kansas City. They've been hot. He's going to be taking on Leonardo Santos, who, you know, uh, it seems like we, it hasn't been that long since we've seen Santos. Typically, Santos take, only fights like once a year, it seems like. You know, he's a... A little longer in the tooth, but uh, hasn't really been that active over the past few years. So he's kind of, you know, hasn't really aged so much as far as uh, octagon time goes. He's the underdog here at plus 160. Justin, you got to take here. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, Leonardo Santos is a super high level grappler. He's got if you if you look it up, you can find these. He's got a, a flying armbar win over GSP at uh, ADCC. Grant Dawson's a tremendous wrestler. Um, he's going to be definitely trying to take the fight to the ground, uh, and 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 Santos is is definitely comfortable in that world. Grant Dawson's coming up in weight for this one. Um, he's he's been fighting at 45 and um, coming up now to 55, where you know he's a little bit bigger, should be a little bit stronger, not cutting as much weight. Um, so I think that Grant Dawson, you know, is rightfully the favorite, but um, I'll probably be taking a flyer on uh, Santos at around plus 650 uh, to win by submission. 
Yeah, I definitely like those odds as well. And you can catch uh, these odds at the Action 24-7 website, Sportsbook, uh, the only locally uh, owned and operated sportsbook in Tennessee. You can download the app, use the code VALOR100, get a match bonus up to 100 bucks on your first deposit. Play along with us. Hopefully you don't lose. Hopefully we don't lose. Uh, we're, we're coming in okay off after this last week, though, so hopefully we can uh, keep the momentum going. And uh, it looks like that's going to wrap it up, gentlemen. Let's, uh, we've, we've had a nice, concise VALOR hour if you will, as we look ahead to this Vegas 22 card. And then uh, before before we roll out of here, guys, uh, a little bit of news. Uh, they announced that the uh, the the UFC uh, 261 pay-per-view is going to be uh, live in Florida with a full house, a full crowd of people. Uh, that's certainly exciting news uh, to my ears. Uh, you know, uh, quick thoughts on that. Uh, Justin, you're, you're, uh, you, you've already uh, applied for uh, media credentials down there. Yeah, dude. As soon as I uh, heard about it, I jumped on there and uh, sent out the application. Man, it'd be fun to, to get in on this one. There's going to be three title fights, um, a big one at the top, and then you know a couple female fights. Uh, the Kamara Usman and, and um, Jorge Masvidal rematch You know, is the one a lot of people have talked about. I'm not sure why. I think that Usman will probably dominate uh, a little bit more in this fight, but uh, people give Masvidal a shot, so that'll be a fun fight. Um like I said, two more title fights. This should be a good card. I'm expecting they're going to load that one down too, with it being the first one back in front of in front of fans. I do think they'll kind of go all out and give us a real nice undercard as well. Hopefully, anyway. Um, all right, guys, that, that's going to wrap us up this week. We will be back next week with a uh, rundown of this Vegas 22 card, as well as a look ahead at uh, at whatever the UFC's got on tap next week. Man, I, I don't even know what it is, but I'm sure there's something. Uh, Two, oh, that is two sixty. So that'll be uh, that'll be our next pay per view then. Yeah, very good. Uh, we'll we'll check that out and then uh, we'll probably talk to somebody else from that Valor card as well. So uh, make sure you check that out next week. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate us, all that good stuff wherever you're listening to your podcast. And uh, with that in mind, we will uh, check everybody out next week. Uh, thanks again to uh, my co-host Justin Watson. Our, uh, our crew of uh, our panelists here tonight, and that's uh, you know, Jeff Hobbs, Greg Hopkins, and uh, Torres Finney. Appreciate you guys sitting in. We appreciate you all out there in listener land uh, taking your last hour to uh, sit down and, and vibe with us. Uh, we will see you all next week on the Valor Hour. We're out. On this week's episode of Crush Performance, we're talking about reducing the risk of sport injury and how to get the best treatment possible. What does that treatment look like? Well, we talk with Dr. Duran Nadeau, Associate Professor at the U of A, the Head Team Physician for the NHL's Edmonton Oilers and Vice President of the NHL's Team Physician Society about the locker room approach to sport medicine and how we need to treat everybody like our professional athletes. From diagnosis to treatment to return to play, it takes a team of experts to get you back to your sport. We'll talk about what that looks like and much more on this week's episode of crush performance crush performance with jeff Crushell can be found on apple Podcasts, stitcher tune in radio google podcasts and radioinfluence.com <laughs>